Coming up on this episode of Don't Panic, we talk about ISIS, the good kind, not the evil kind. We also talk about Facebook experimenting on you. We also talk about Windows wearables, potato salad, uh, emoji, and Google as a delivery company. I mean, there's so many stories. You got to stick around and watch. It's Don't Panic, and it's coming up next. This is Don't Panic, episode number 54, recorded July 7th, 2014, on Facebook Experiments, Google Delivery, and Potato Salad. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Don't Panic, the technology podcast that's permanently in beta. I'm Sean Jennings, and I'm joined by the Coke and Pepsi of technology. That would, of course, be Dan Miller and Colby Rabideau. Guys, how's it going? Who's Coke and who's Pepsi? This is important. <laughs> I don't, I don't, we'll have to do a blind taste test between the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Goes down smooth. So uncomfortable. <laughs> Inappropriate. HR violation. That's right. <laughs> Harassment. Um, how's it going, guys? Okay. Yeah, I, I will not be talking that much this episode because my throat hurts. But then Sean said I would probably still talk a lot anyways. So just despite him, I am not going to talk a lot. This will be the most you'll probably hear me talk. It's going to be a battle between me and Dan the whole show. Will he be able to keep quiet? I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> Sean, we're just going to have to say some really crazy inflammatory things. <laughs> yeah, just poke fun at Dan the whole show. Like prodding a bear with a stick. It's a good idea. Um, well... Why don't I remind everybody that we do the show live every single Monday night, 11, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, uh, on our website, don'tpanic.io. There you get links to uh, live shows, past shows, audio, video, and, of course, our social media pages. I'm following along on Twitter live during the show. At Don't Panic Show is our handle. You can tweet at us, and uh, maybe we'll talk about you on the show. Who knows? Uh, we appreciate you being here with us. We're going to jump right in. Uh, we didn't really pick a top story, did we? Uh, no, no you're not. not. So, uh, is anyone <laughs> jumping out at you? I like ISIS Mobile. We can talk about ISIS, the uh, the the lovely named. Uh, I, I was just kidding, but like we could. So Sean let's die? so let's talk about ISIS. Um, nobody really remembers ISIS Mobile Wallet, do they? No. This was a, a co-opted effort released by a number of large industry groups, especially AT&T and Verizon were kind of the big names, that released ISIS as their sort of foray into mobile payments. And of course, as we know, ISIS caught on like fire and we all use it and nobody uses cash or Bitcoin anymore. Uh, no, that's not true. Everyone forgot immediately it existed. So uh, until today, when the uh, Islamic State of Iraq... Uh, and Syria decided to come around and create their own uh, evil Islamic group called ISIS. So what is the already existing ISIS payment system supposed to do? Well, change their name. They haven't announced what they're going to change it to. Um, just the fact that they're going to change it. When you actually Google ISIS, the first result is the Islamic State, and the second is ISIS Wallet. <laughs> um, <There> is. <laughs> now, my question to you guys is, is ISIS kind of rushing to, to change their name for no good reason? I mean, do you think this is something they really had to do? I'll, I'll go to Maybe. Dan first. Okay. I, I, I have yes. a clever response. <laughs> go ahead, um, Colby. <laughs> so, given the fact that I had no idea what ISIS mobile wallet was, perhaps they're simply capitalizing upon the, like like the name being in the news like maybe this is a very clever ploy like it has nothing to do with them sharing the <laughs> that's really smart they should be buying like google keywords and things for uh right right for for isis yeah exactly because it's got to be a popular search these days yeah i mean it looks when i cool. search for it i get isis the ancient greek goddess isis the band and then paywithisis.com Fascinating. I got, um, I also got Isis, the ancient Greek goddess, on Wikipedia, and then I got Isis Wallet. I did not get Isis the band. Well, that's, I guess uh, 
that's the beauty of the uh, yeah of them targeting and specific. Yeah, mine I get the Wikipedia entry and then I get the wallet as well. And then the Institute for Science and International Security. You know, there are a lot of groups. The International Species Information System, the Integrated Student Information System. I mean, there's a lot of different ISISs. You know, I, I, I kind of think it's... I, I think, Holy, you had a really interesting point that it might behoove them to change the name just because no one's ever heard of them, regardless of... <laughs> right. Right, like it's it's like it gets them some press. I don't know, like people who already use it probably use it, and people who have never heard of it either continue to have never heard of it, or like might might hear about it and be like, ah, maybe I'll try this. Yeah, exactly, and and uh, you know, I I. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I've never been a big fan of companies kind of jumping the gun and immediately rushing to change their names for when, when sort of controversies happen. But, you know, ISIS, I don't even think is that great of a name for a payment system anyway. So maybe they'll pick something you have better. To get, you have to get a special case to use it with iOS? Because uh, it's NFC-based. Um, so there's no NFC in uh, iPhones. I wonder, I, I, does my phone have NFC? I think it does. I've never even thought to try using that. I, yeah, I have no idea. You've never used it? If it does, well, you don't even know. No. Um, I don't no, know. I don't. I, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll use it next week and well, I was report gonna say, that. San Francisco seems like the kind of place where a lot of stores would have NFC payments, and maybe I'm assuming unfairly. Not really, not really San Francisco, but like Palo Alto, like all the stores have Google Wallet checkout things. Yeah, that could um, be. You'll have to report back. It's definitely achievable. Um, any other thoughts on ISIS? <coughs> not really. Um, nope. All right. Why don't we talk about a different top story? And this was kind of the hot story all this week. Um, Facebook experiments on you. Now, I hope this isn't just me talking between Dan Sorthrow and Colby's uh, lack <laughs> of comments. Right. So this could just be. I have I have a prepared statement about this. So, but Good. you go first. Well, or I can go. First. Let me. Well, let me explain the story for those of you who don't know. Uh, this week it was announced. Uh, it was actually published. A uh, study that had been done, an academic study that had been done through Facebook using the data and using their users. Um, and the experiment was, it was done in 2012 and was about 700,000 users. And the experiment promoted either positive or negative comments in a certain percentage of those users' news feeds. And then they monitored those users to see if it affected their mood based upon what they posted. For example, say I was part of the experiment, in my feed, they would be more likely to show me positive posts and positive comments. They would then look to see if those affected how I then posted. Would my feedback be more positive or more negative? Um, this came out of the company's data science team founded in 2007. It's about 30 doctor scientists and academics. Um, and they've conducted hundreds of tests throughout um, Facebook over the years. They came under fire because um, users claimed that they had no idea they were being experimented on and tested with and that they weren't entirely comfortable with the idea. It should be noted that today, in uh, Facebook's terms of services, you do agree to uh, some, some forms of, of testing with, within this. Dan, what, are, what is your prepared statement? Now that I've explained it away. Well, did you talk about how uh, this this experiment specifically was designed to alter your mood or to test whether your like emotions could be altered? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's exactly what movies do. Movies are engineered, designed to play with your emotions in certain ways. <laughs> and they're really good at it. That's what books do. That's what music does. What's so wrong about Facebook doing it or experimenting with it or even being able to do it automatically? What if Facebook could just know when you need to be happy versus when you need to be pensive and could just help you be that thing? It would be like the, like Netflix making a movie that you need to see when you turn on Netflix, just algorithmically. Mm -hmm. 
what's the difference between Facebook and a movie? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I absolutely agree. And they mentioned in this article another sort of test that came out of Facebook where thousands of Facebook users received a message, uh, an email, saying they were blocked from the network because Facebook thought they were robots or using fake names. Facebook knew that wasn't true. They just sent those out uh, deliberately to real users to bolster their anti-fraud capabilities as a test. So, I mean, this uh, this is common. Facebook has done this several times before. I just... My question, and I'm happy to play devil's advocate, is... I think people reacted so strongly because you're right. It was playing with, with moods and emotions, and I think people are kind of unsure about that. And I think it's this... It's the first time such a study has been made so public. I'm sure Google's done it and Apple's done it. I can't imagine Facebook is the first to do this. I think they were the first to get caught, and I think they were the first to get kind of the Well, they didn't get caught. They published it. They didn't get caught. They announced it publicly. By caught, I say by the media, quote-unquote. I mean, they they turned into the story. You know, it could have been any other hundreds. I mean, they've been publishing since 2007, so it just so happened this was the one that got picked up, and, and Facebook bears the brunt of something a whole industry's doing. I, I don't know how fair that is. I mean, I think, like... Again, like, I don't really know anything about this. I'm not on the data science team. I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm sure it... it I mean, they certainly didn't intend for this to be evil, right? I think it was supposed to be a, an interesting, like... It's academic. You know, sharing tidbit. Right, right. Um, I, I, do, I do see the point, like, of, of the... I see the point in the, in the objections. Um, I'm, I'm unsure how I feel about, like, deliberately altering people's stuff. Um... But people deliberately but, I mean, alter other people's emotions all the time. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And it's like, maybe it's not. And you know what? Like, and if the Supreme Court has told us anything, it's that corporations are people. So how is this any different? <laughs> that, that's true. Yeah, they're just kind of being dicks, really, if you think about it. They're just toying with you and messing with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, in general, though, I feel like... I mean, like, internet companies, like, experiment on their users literally all the time, like, daily basis, like, all of them. That's, like, how the internet works right now. Um, and it's not, I mean, usually it's not something so that feels so personal as, like, you know, changing your news feed to alter your mood, right? That's mm -hmm. it's something, like, that... that Facebook and, and certain other companies are in, in a unique position to do so like I would imagine it, it would the, those sorts of things would evoke a less ups, uh, emotional response but like things like testing out new user interfaces and things that's routine that happens you know, on a daily so basis the counter argument to my position that I heard over the weekend was people think that Facebook and they call it the newsfeed is more akin to journalism than to a movie. They expect what's in their newsfeed to be factual and to accurately represent like the cross section of what their friends are up to right now. So that's why some people get really pissed off when they're like, "Oh, how come I don't see so and so's posts anymore?" It's like, "Well, cuz you stopped clicking on them, so they stopped showing up." But at least I assume that's what happens because I've noticed this with myself too. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's more complicated than that, but like, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> but they—that's not what people expect. It's called a news feed. They expect it to be impartial to my opinions and to represent what everyone else's opinions are. Right. Right. And I mean, at one time it was right. At one time it was just a like ordered list of things that your friends just did like when when it was dubbed newsfeed that's what it was um, yep and unfortunately we hit like scaling problems when that like 
you know, you had so many friends that you would just frankly never see all the things that they posted if it was in an ordered list. Well, and I also think we're moving towards a personalized web. We just all three did a search for ISIS and got different results, you know? It's not surprising, and... You know, I tell people, if, if you want an unfiltered social experience, go to Twitter. They show you everything. And if Twitter ever put in an algorithm, I'd quit the service right away because that's one of the things I like. And I realize that about Facebook. And, and maybe it's because I'm an informed, you know, tech person and I, I know you guys and I kind of know how this industry works a little bit. But I say this so many times on the show and it just pisses me off when you when you get these you know, moms and, and grandmothers who use Facebook and their local news comes on, uh, Facebook is using your data to experiment on you more at 11. And it's just this idea of, of people not understanding what's really going on. And, you know, 700,000 people out of all Facebook users is such a small amount anyway. The odds you were in this study is virtually non-existent, you know? Uh, just calm down, people, is kind of my point. But my issue comes in, and I'll read from this Verge article. Uh, a former member of this uh, data scientist team said um, uh, just a few years ago, anyone on the team could run a test without needing to follow any kind of review process, that they could just jump in and run tests on anyone they wanted, whenever they wanted. Um, that has now changed, and Facebook said they're putting more stringent things in place. That's what bothers me about this more than anything else. Not the fact they're experimenting, the fact that they can just mess with it however they want without systems in place. And I'm glad to see that hopefully those systems do get in place. Yeah, I mean, like... I mean, you can, you can bet yourself for sure that, like after this, like, the sorts of things that they release to the public are, you know, they're going to be, I don't know, they're going to think about it a lot more because, you know, people forget about stuff. Um, I don't know. It's it, The only thing, like, that almost makes it sound like they're picking random people, like, specific people to run tests on. Like, that's not the case. It's, I don't know. It's like a random... I don't know. That's I mean that's how you do a, do a real a real experiment of any sort, right? You want a truly random sample. It's not like you know I'm gonna turn on random shit for my mom or something. Um, True. To mess with, or Sean for for a better example. But what if I want to feel happier? But but in that case, that's an informed feature, right? That's something Facebook promotes, says it's new. They send you an email. There's a pop-up on your thing. Hey, Dan, good news. We have a new thing that'll only show you happy posts, you know? So I, I guess the question, though, like, the real question here is, like, if, right, so obviously Facebook ranks, ranks stories for your news feed, right? Like, what if... I mean, if if they were to work something like this into it, like, to make you feel happier somehow, like, is that wrong? Is that incorrect? Like, is that inappropriate? Or is that good? Like, does it make, if if it makes your, your experience using Facebook more enjoyable, and it, I mean, I don't know if this, I didn't, I, to be fair, I haven't read the results of this study yet. I don't know if they <laughs> succeeded in making people happier, but like if using Facebook makes you happier, if it like makes it, it makes your life better. I don't know. Is that bad? It's, it's weird. Like if, if they had never said anything about it, this is my question. Like, would, would it be bad? Well, I guess if in we don't know about it, it's, it's, I mean, that's the beauty of the algorithm, right? It's a black hole. I don't know how, Google gives me results or Facebook does my newsfeed. I just know I like it. Right. But like, why, why, why is this different? I I don't understand why you would like it less knowing how it works. That's, that's what I'm getting at. Why would you like it less if you knew how it worked? Because, because if, if you ask your average person, Facebook is a giant evil conglomerate that's out to get you. And it's, and as soon as the average person's opinion, I th- is that okay. the average tech let me opinion? let me rephrase that. The media wants you to believe that Facebook is a giant evil corporation that's out to get you, and a lot of average people listen to that. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. But okay. you say 
Facebook is experimenting with your emotions. What sounds more evil than that? You know, and I think that's the point. It's like, because I know, I do feel more bad about it because that's just how Facebook is positioned. I, I guess that's true, yeah. That, that's what it is. I mean, if they were a more... You're, you're right. It's, it's, a, it's also a, a media framing thing. It, like, well, and if, Facebook it, makes your news feed better. Well, no think of it this it. way. If there were a small startup out of an incubator and they said, we're creating a new social experience where we tailor things based on your emotions, you'd be like, wow, that sounds really cool. Sign me up. You know, log in with Facebook. This is great. I'm excited. But because it's Facebook... <laughs> You know, you're you're they, you're you're screwed, and that kind of sucks for Facebook because you know they have to tiptoe around everything they do. But I guess that's the the, the burden of uh, of their size. Yeah. Well, luckily that's not my job. Yes. <laughs> uh, why don't we move on? Uh, are you guys up for a little trivia challenge? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I've got a weird one this week because I, I I'm believe i'm running out of trivia uh so i had to stretch a little but this could be interesting or a disaster so it was in the news and it's in the rundown we may not get to it so i'll give the gist of it but the tsa announced this week that for some international travelers flying into the united states you have to prove your devices work so if your phone battery is dead you can't take it on the plane and this is to prevent something that looks like a phone but is really a bomb you have to prove it's an actual working device um and that made me think, what things can and can't you take through the TSA? So this is called the TSA Check-In Challenge. All right, all and right. We're going to see how well, they're easy questions, I promise. We're going to see how well you know what can be carried on and checked in through the TSA in, in the United States. Are you guys ready? Is this the yes. most current or is this like a year ago? I got this from the TSA website today. Okay. Is their website up to date? That I can't remember. <laughs> it's from their website. Okay. So my first question. Can you carry on ice skates? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say no. You can carry on ice skates. Yes, one of the few sporting goods you can. You can't carry on baseball bats, cricket bats, spear guns, none of that, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I they, can't take spear gun. They specifically <laughs> list it. I know, right? All right. Can you check in in your checked bag? Can you check in flares? Flares. I'm going to say no. I'm also going to say no. That is correct. No, you cannot. Can you check in spray paint? Mm, I'm also going to say no. No. That is correct. Can you carry on knitting needles? Mm. No. Yes. You can. Damn it. You you absolutely can, which surprised me as well. Um, that is surprising. Can you check in in your bag? Can you check in creamy dips and spreads? And that's exactly <laughs> how they phrase it on the TSA website: creamy dips and spreads. I'm gonna say yeah. no, just because they wouldn't bother to okay it if it wasn't going to be on the page. I'm, I'm going to say yes just because. I you, don't know. You can check in creamy dips and spreads. And they, Dan, I'll tell you, they had about a, a, a 15 item list where it was like jams, jellies, dips and spreads. And they like had this whole list of things. I guess that is the sort of like if you think about like this kinds of things that like people bring back after, after a, a week of touristing like jams. I mean... Creamy dipping and spreads is kind of weird, but like jams makes well, more sense. And it plays into that liquids policy as well, where if it were a so like a bar of chocolate is one thing, but because they're kind of liquids. Um, no, so, I'm sorry. Is this a you said check in? That's like in a checked bag. Well, yes. Okay, just checking. That's um, what I thought. Can you carry on pies and cakes? Pies and cakes. I hope so. I love pies and cakes. <laughs> I'm gonna say. I'm going to say yes, but I suspect it's no because... I'm going to say no. It is yes with additional screenings. You have to go through a separate <laughs> screening for your cakes and pies. True story. Uh, all right, here's our final question. It's your pie. I, oh, you have to give them a piece. That's very inappropriate. Um, 
So here's our final question. Colby has a slight lead, but we can go here. Uh, and this is not an either or, right? Now, you can check alcohol in your bag up to yeah. a certain percentage of alcohol. What is the percent line beyond which you cannot check it? Mm. What is the percent line? What What is the line? So there is a number, and above that, you cannot check it, and below that, you can. I'm going to say, like, 100 proof. Or, gonna, no, no, I'm sorry. Do, do alcohol Not, percent, because I can't do the math. I'm going to say like, 20%. I'm, I'm going to say 100. I mean, 50. I'm sorry. <laughs> I try. The answer is 70%. So no no grain alcohols or, or, or uh, 140 proofs or anything like that. So That's kind of what I was thinking. Like, at some point it becomes flammable, right? Like, yeah. very flammable. Well, and I also don't think they want people transporting, because usually that's like moonshine that isn't regulated and things like that. I don't think they want people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there are all kinds of, like, state-to-state -state laws about, like... Bootleg liquors and... Yep. Well, yeah, like like certain liquors, like like Everclear, or other grain alcohols are like legal in some states and not legal in others, or legal up to a certain you know a certain proof. Well, that concludes our TSA check and challenge. Congratulations, guys, you did okay. And now you'll know next time you go to the airport <laughs> okay. to check your creamy dips and spreads. Uh, so what story would you Holy guys like did to way more okay than I did. He did, but you guys were, were pretty close. Uh, what, what would you guys like to talk about next? Any particular story, or should I pick one out of the, uh, the line? Well, we just got talking about creamy dips and spreads, so we might Ooh. as well talk about potato salad. Let's talk about potato salad. Uh, are you guys a fan of delicious potato salad? I'm always a fan. Now, how about uh, when it's crowdsourced? I really like potato salad. I like all of my food crowdsourced best. <laughs> Well, uh, Zach Brown posted a Kickstarter page last week simply titled Potato Salad. Uh, his goal, $10. Uh, it's an interesting, you can find it at Kickstarter, just search Potato Salad. Um, he writes, I'm making potato salad. Basically, I'm just making potato salad. I haven't decided what kind yet. And that was his Kickstarter, and he launched that asking for just $10.00. If you play, for example, if you pledged a dollar, he would say thank you on his website and say your name out loud while he made the potato salad. If you pledged two dollars, <laughs> you would get a photo of him making the potato salad. <laughs> and somehow, and how he delivers this is a fascinating. Uh, if you pledge three dollars or more, you get a bite of the potato salad. No idea how what? that works. Yep. Um, well, using a term I really hate to use. Uh, Potato salad went viral, and <laughs> I know, shame on me. Um, and to date, as of this moment, uh, nearly uh, two and a half thousand backers, and has raised over thirty thousand dollars to make potato salad. Uh, Zach has added stretch goals, including uh, T-shirts and hats. Uh, he's going to make four times as much potato salad. He's going to try two different recipes now. Um, he's going to do a live stream of it. And he's actually going to, he's raised enough, he's going to rent out a party hall and invite the whole internet to his potato salad party. Provided so do you we live have in a the, ballpark of how many people will be at this potato salad party? Well, he said if you live in the uh, Columbus, Ohio region, you're invited, so that we have no way of knowing. And anyone who, only $10, above, $10 and above backers will be allowed in the kitchen. But, <laughs> but $3 or more will get you a taste. Jeez. How much potato salad is he going to have to make? an absurd amount <laughs> um, so you know under risks and challenges he lists it might not be that good it's my first potato salad <laughs> so uh, what do you guys think of this ah, well with all that pressure he's gotta, he's gotta be feeling some burn to make this a good potato salad he, there is a lot of pressure he's got the media attention yes yeah, he's up to $30,000. $30,000. Oh, is that 30000 now? Yeah. Probably. I mean, this this has been going around all day today on all the big, not just oh, yeah. tech blogs, but just news throughout. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I kind of wish I had thought of this. Like, it's kind of clever. Well, and this is one of those things, as long as you're the first, 
you get right, all right. the spoils. It's, like, right. it's never going to be cool again. But now that he's been the first. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love things like this. Things that sort of take whatever the business model is and just messes with it. So it's like, well, why don't we just crowdfund potato salad? You know, and I, I think... <laughs> I think it's just hilarious, and I hope it gets backed, and all this stuff actually happens, and he does live stream himself making it, and he does have a party. Um, yeah, you know, it would be disappointing for him to take the thirty grand and just disappear. But yeah. <laughs> uh, that's true. I like the I like the update. We did it. It's just it's just so funny. It, it's... My favorite has to be uh, under the frequently asked questions. He says, what kind of potatoes will you be using? And he says, there's a Kroger near my house, so probably one's from there. <laughs> uh, it's just a I fun like... and clever idea. And, and, you know, good on this guy for, for being the first and getting the credit. <laughs> yeah, and he has 25 days to go. He's got 25 days to go. Now, of this course, I'm sure the, wait a while. the buzz will, will back down after a, a little bit. Um. Oh, he's going to be on Good Morning America tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I. This this thing is blowing up. He I, he's going to pass fifty thousand easy. He did a, a Reddit AMA. Now I've got to look at this. <laughs> he did this like two days ago. Yeah, and it's already up. I, I think that's just excellent. Yeah, two days ago, he's like, I'm in disbelief. We have hit the $3,000 mark. Now it's ten times that. <laughs> and you can get a t-shirt as well uh, if you're interested. And on his AMA, someone asked, you know, what are your thoughts on how to safely mail a bite of potato salad? And he says, yeah, it's going to be a challenge. I would have put it under risks if I had ever considered that anyone outside of Columbus would want some. I thought I'd just go to people's houses and hand it off. <laughs> so I, I, th I think that's great. Good on that guy. If you're interested in supporting potato salad, go to kickstarter.com and do a search for potato salad. All right. Um, let's talk more news. Uh, I would like to talk, because um, I know we avoid it, uh, about Microsoft. Yay! Yay! Woo. Microsoft! Woo! It's all about the wearables. We, we know uh, Android's in the game. We know uh, Apple's going to be in the game. I think that's a fair assumption. But what about little old Microsoft playing catch-up on their two big rivals? Well, um, this is purely rumor and speculation, as we love so much uh, in the tech world. But from a credible source, it said that Microsoft is working... Uh, not on a smart watch, but on a smart band, similar to the Galaxy Gear Fit, if you remember from CES, that sort of narrow round uh, band rather than that sort of square around watch factor. Um, some rumored information. Uh, it will display smartphone notifications, uh, but it is more to be a, not necessarily fitness, but a sensor-based wearable with up to 10 sensors, including all sorts of, uh, you know, heart rate and, and things like that included. Perhaps one of the most interesting parts, and the part that interests me, is the fact that unlike Samsung's and Android's and Apple's watches, um, it is rumored that the Microsoft Watch will work with Android, iPhone, and Windows Phone as a cross-platform <laughs> yeah. device. Now, this well, could be... I guess it's just a rumor. It is a rumor. It wouldn't surprise me, of course, because if they made it only work with Windows Phone, who would buy it? But... You know, I, I will give... Yeah, people use Windows Phone. More than zero people use Windows Phone. <laughs> they do have, like, several percentage points of share. Yeah, it's I've seen like, a couple of them. And, and they're not bad phones, although what's interesting is now there's a rumor going around about a, a Nokia Lumia Android ha handset that's going to be a big launch this fall. Take that for what you will. That's exciting. Um, but that's what excites me about this is, you know... And, and we've got another story in the rundown. Uh, Microsoft is looking for testers for uh, Office for Android beta. Um, another platform of Microsoft's that they have made available on iPad, iPhone, on the web, Mac, Windows, now on Android. 
I mean, credit where credit's due. I, I get kind of irritated when companies like Apple and Samsung and, and Google, to some degree, lock you into their ecosystems. But at least Microsoft seems to be trying to be more open and accepting of these sort of multi-platform environments. Now, that may be out of necessity, yeah. but if it's true that this is a good-looking device that gives you notifications and works with my iPhone... To me, that's a compelling device. Because then I'm not locked in. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I'm also sure that it's probably the case that the experience with an iPhone won't be as good as it would be for with an Android, like, or with a with a Windows phone. I guess I can't be sure. That, well, and some yeah, like that's typically the case. And some Do of you that, think that the the experience of a like Gmail on Android, the Gmail app on Android is significantly better than on iOS, or like Google Maps on Android versus iOS? No, I meant specifically for this sort of like the where like where hardware. It's like like right, right. Like hardware integration with a third party with a third party platform, it's probably gonna be better on Microsoft. It's just gonna be an app though, right? I mean, maybe, but like... And for all we know, if Microsoft came out with an open standard for their health stuff, like Google, not open standard, but an open platform like Google and Apple has, it could work natively on all three of them. That's kind of the exciting thing about Google and and Apple, shockingly, just being like, yeah, we're probably going to have some hardware for this, but anyone can record steps or calories or locations... (laughs) That's a fair point. And, you know, to be honest, what I was thinking in my head was of, like, the the Pebble, like, in, like, current-gen, like, yeah. wearable APIs. Like, I've, I've, I've talked to people who have Pebbles, and they're like, it's terrible on iOS because you can't do anything because iOS doesn't let you do anything, any of the things you want to do. Um, whereas on Android, it's, like, a lot better because you can, the Pebble app can do a lot more on Android because they let you do a lot more on Android. Yeah. Um, but I mean that is a fair point. We do have some some new funness as far as APIs go coming down the pipe. Coming down the pipe. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting, and you know, iOS eight is supposedly more flexible with. Where, with notifications over Bluetooth and things like that. So hopefully we'll see improved um, with these third-party devices. I'll also mention it's rumored this Microsoft device will include uh, Bing Health and Fitness and Microsoft's Health Vault, which already exists. Um, it'll be the same price as most uh, wearables these days, around that $200 mark, um, and sold in the fourth quarter of this year. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Very interesting. Uh, I'm excited just for the sheer fact that Somebody is trying to make these things work with each other. Um, good, good on you, Microsoft. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy about that. Um, where to next in the rundown? Thoughts? Mm-hmm. We can talk Messenger on iPad. Uh, Google acquires Songza. Uh, Google opening a delivery company. Yeah, let's Google opening a delivery company. Sold. Yeah. So, uh, when you think of getting things delivered to you, what do you think of first? Amazon. Bam, Colby nailed it. Uh, Dan, too slow. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed, Amazon. I was going to say cardboard. <laughs> Dan, are you in, in the pocket of big cardboard? Uh, <laughs> we're all, let me tell you, we're all in the pocket of big cardboard. Although even Almost Google, as much as Big Palette, if big, anyone else read that story. I uh, yeah, well, Google's getting into cardboard with their virtual reality headset. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Amazon pioneering the, the two-day delivery through Amazon Prime, even really cheap overnight, and testing overnight uh, delivery in metropolitan areas as a standard. Well, uh, rumor has it Google is about to dump $500 million dollars to roll out their uh, Shopping Express service across the country. Now, if you're not familiar with the Shopping Express service, and I don't know if either of you have used it, but currently the system, Shopping Express, does same-day delivery in urban areas. Yes. 
Now, uh, the way my, it works... My used it last. Yes. It worked. What did you say, Colby? My room, my roommate used Google Shopping Express for the first time last week. Oh, cool. I'm now, checking it out right now. Now, what's interesting about this is shoppers actually buy things from local retail stores through Google, whereas Amazon has warehouses, Google would not. They would merely be essentially a UPS for same-day in-town delivery, um, taking the item from the physical retail store and getting it to you the same or next day. Um, it's interesting that no company, at least since Amazon, has expanded such a service nationwide. Uh, most of these services start and sort of live in urban environments. Um, even Amazon's own uh, fresh service where they deliver groceries still is only in two markets now. Um, it would essentially require Google to set up a network of couriers, workers, delivery vehicles, um, not to mention all of the software that goes with integrating with these local retailers. My question is, does this make sense for Google? Hmm. It does know. with self-driving cars. I just want to say that. <laughs> Damn it, that's a good idea. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> you, well... Now I'm thinking, but you would still need someone in the car to get the package out of the car to your doorstep unless you, like, shot it out of a cannon or something. Drones really is the way to go. Yeah. Google has been investing in a lot of robots, I'm just saying. <laughs> Imagine if Google just supplanted UPS. Yeah, but, just... but this service is focused... I mean, they could. This service focused mainly on same-day and next-day delivery. You know, yeah, UPS's sure. scope is significantly broader than that. That's true. You know, if the product I want isn't available in my local area, <laughs> Google, Google, you know, Google Express is not for me. Right. But I think it's an interesting niche that is currently underserved. Where if if you are primarily an online shopper for things, and yes, I know it's BS, you can't get in your car and go five minutes down the street and buy something, but if you're primarily an online shopper, to be able to get things to you quickly by harnessing the power of local retailers is an interesting strategy. Something Amazon can't do with giant warehouses. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, like, where, so out of curiosity, where is Google Shopping Express right now? I know it's in, you know, you can do it in Silicon Valley, but Let's like. Let's find out. It's in New York as well. Yeah. So you can go to google.com slash shopping slash express. And uh, da, 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 da. let's see if we're in my area. There's no way. <laughs> nope. Also, I don't like... So from what I know about like Google Shopping Express versus Amazon Fresh, like... I hardly think they're they're like a one to one comparison. Like Amazon Fresh is like groceries and food and stuff. Well, it's groceries and food. It's like stuff. Yeah. Like, so I'm looking at the San Francisco area, and Shopping Express will get me items from Costco, Office Depot, Staples, Target, Walgreens, Whole Foods. Right. I mean, obviously, groceries are a big chunk of that, but like, there's you can get like real stuff too. Yeah, but I th but I think the groceries and the, like your Walgreens type items, even if it's like personal care, even if it's like toothpaste or something, that's the item you want same day, right? If you're ordering a, a a tablet or a TV or an office chair, you can wait two days for Amazon Prime to send it to you. Or can you, <laughs> you're, Dan? You're not wrong. Um, I if find you decide you want that TV, you're gonna drop that thousand dollars. Why not get it today? Well, and that you're—I agree with you. And Amazon, Lord knows, is going there. But I think Google. I, this is an interesting strategy because Google doesn't have to have warehouses full of food and coolers with groceries in them, and have to worry about handling inventory. They just send it to Walgreens and say, "Hey, do you have this?" Walgreens says, "Sure," and they give it to the Google guy to bring to your house. Yeah, I mean, so I will admit, like. I, I've been playing the skeptic for the last 10 minutes, but, like, 
I don't shop. I don't go to the grocery store myself anymore. I use Instacart. <laughs> Not an animal. Uh, I'm just kidding. But like, it, I wouldn't have thought that would have been something that I like cared enough to do. But like, the grocery store is pretty far away, and and. I mean, it would it would objectively it would be faster if I went myself because I wouldn't have to wait for them to deliver it. But if I don't have to go at all, it it seems to be the case that that's the option I'm going to choose because I'm lazy as fuck. I I think it's just this magical idea of I wake up in the morning, I make a cup of coffee, a cup of coffee, I'm out of creamer. I use my smartphone to scan the barcode. And when I get home from work, it's sitting on my front step. And it's, it's yeah. that magical sort of idea of not having to think about it, and it's active, and it's happening same day. I mean, what I really want is the, the, the materializer things from Star Trek. When we have that, I'll... <laughs> Replicator? Yes. Isn't that, isn't that 3D printing? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like... You want future. it now. Thing. Yeah, and and you know I will say one other thing that you know I, as I think about it, you say five hundred million. How do you roll that out nationally? Well, you know they're using Target stores across the country and Walgreens across the country. I mean it's it's sure it's delivery people, but you know you can hire someone part time and let them use their own car and reimburse them for gas, kind of like pizza delivery. Right. One thing it makes me sad to think about is like I feel like all these. Like there, there have been, there are several like kind of high-profile startupy or like new services from not startupy places that like employ people like Uber and and this Google thing and like Instacart or whatever. But then like, I feel like in ten years, self-driving cars are going to be a thing, and then all those people won't have jobs anymore. Self-driving cars are destroying the economy. Maybe. Maybe we have to. I maybe we'll come up with new stuff for them to do, but I don't know. Drone operators. <laughs> um, very cool. Well, I I would like this service because Amazon is not fast enough, and if Google can get me crap same day, I'm I'm happy to do it. Um, who, who do you think will Who do you think will will get it done first, though? Google or Amazon? I I put my money on Amazon. This See, is their bread and butter. I put my money on Google because they're working directly with other major manufacturers. Amazon would have to build from scratch. I think so. I think Google might get there first, but like in a Samsung way. Yes. And Amazon will get there later, do it right, and totally kill it. I, I, I think <laughs> I think you you straddled that line well, and I, I think you uh, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Mm. Very cool. Well, uh, that concludes our stories this week. We're going to move on to our picks, and uh, I suppose I will volunteer to go first because I'm at the, the first of the list here. And my pick this week, it, it takes me back. You see, what it would be like to be a child these days would just be amazing because we have services like this. It's called Play, P-L-E-Y dot com. And... The really short version is it's Netflix for Legos. So, you know, and actually it's funny now that you say that because when you say Netflix, you assume streaming. Yes, they used to send DVDs in the mail. Uh, it's kind of like that where it's a subscription service just for Legos. So you pay Play, P-L-E-Y, a monthly fee and you go in through their database and you select the Lego <laughs> sets you want. And they mail you the set, you build it, and you have fun doing that. And then you disassemble it, put it in the box, mail it back, and they'll mail you the next one on your list. Kind of like Netflix DVDs. They, some of the perks to the service include, you know, Lego sets, I don't know if you've looked at them recently, are absurdly expensive now. Like, you'll hit 50 bucks easy with some of these sets. The beauty of this service... Oh, it's absurdly expensive. Hmm? Since I Legos have always been absurdly expensive. They are. It's a ripoff. And you know, what I realized is... I mean, I had a ton of Legos as a kid. I built the sets once, maybe twice. And that's, that was the fun part for me. Really? 
See, I'm I don't weird, know. Though. See, I don't. I don't get this. I'm not gonna lie. I don't get this at all because this is that's not the to like getting a Lego set and building, doing the instructions. That wasn't the fun part. That was the part you just did right away when you got it. The fun part was like knocking it down and making a bunch of new shit with the random ass pieces you just got. Colby, with your other- yeah. And that's why you are a web programmer and I'm an advertising. <laughs> See the difference? You like building things and creating new things, and I like following the instructions. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Guess, Essentially. And this really is, this service is an advantage to the parents, really, because you're saving yourself from having to buy all these Lego sets. And you can keep it for as long as you want, as long as you keep paying them the monthly subscription fee. But uh, it says here, small sets you can rent for $15 a month, medium-sized sets for $25 a month, large sets $39 a month. Uh, they say it takes about two to three days for them to get you get you in the mail. So, you know, you could get through a couple cents in a month easily, depending on how fast you... Um, you go through those. Uh, shipping is free when you send it to them. They actually disinfect the set for you, uh, which is nice. And I don't know. I just think it's a really interesting concept. And if I were... I almost want to get this for myself now because I miss playing with Legos and building them. And the fact that yeah. I don't... I used to have tubs and just massive amounts of Lego sets. And the problem is when you... It was one thing to have the like random brick box... But when you buy a set, you'd always lose the pieces, or you'd always you'd never be able to rebuild them because you know you you lose the instructions. Or I had all they were all in Ziploc bags. It was a nightmare. I don't want to. I like this. We've talked about this. The sharing society where we don't own anything anymore. I don't want to own Legos. I just want to play with them and then send them away and get something else. So I think it's cool. <coughs> Is. I mean- Lego. I guess I, this? I can see that perspective. I don't know. Like, did you see the Lego movie? I feel like you're exactly the kind of person that Lego movie. <laughs> I'm the Will Ferrell. I, I glue everything together. Is that what yes. you're saying? Cole, yes. You, you are so right. It's disturbing. Uh, I am exactly that guy. Um, I, I like I like building and following instructions, and that's fun. Um, Dan, you know, I don't know. I I actually my question is I don't know how much control Lego can really have over this, other than not letting them buy more sets. Well, I'm sh- there could very well be a... Uh, can you have terms of use with a physical object? I guess not. Well, it's things like... they Nowhere on the site is the Lego logo, so they're not infringing on any copyrights with that. And they're not... They're technically like a reseller, almost. I, I don't... Yeah, I guess I so. feel like Lego could try if they really wanted to. But another service they offer is if you get a set and you love it and want to keep it, they'll sell it to you and you can just keep it. Mm. So on some level, Lego does make money off this. So I I can't imagine they'd be too upset. At least you get to try the set and see if you like it. Kind of lowers that barrier to entry, especially with the cost of Legos these days. So um, that is my pick. P-L-E-Y dot com. Uh, Rentable Legos in the mail. Build them knock them down, return them, and get a new set. It's kind of cool. It makes me want to be a kid again. I'm jealous we didn't have this when I was a kid, because I would have gone nuts. And my mother would have loved it, too, because then we wouldn't have had nuts. Legos freaking everywhere. So, so, I used to acquire Legos, like, my, I had an aunt that was, like, kind of into eBay for a while, and then, like, like an uncle that was into yard sailing. So I would always acqu- acquire Legos via in, like, bulk... Yeah, cheaply. <laughs> that's it. That's so. That's the other great thing about Legos. Like all Legos since the etern- did, since the beginning of Lego work with your Legos now. Although uh, I, I will say, if you have seen recent kits, especially like the Harry Potter sets and the Star Wars sets, they do a lot more custom pieces than they used to. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure that's true. Um, that but I you're believe. Right. You, so, so I feel like I I some somewhat recently read a like very in-depth blog post about like the just absolute intense manufacturing quality that goes into legos and like it kind of like i mean obviously they're probably marked up a little but like they're also very high quality products like the 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 simple fact that like legos from the 60s or 70s or whenever legos became a thing work with 
Legos from now, like the pieces fit together is, is like mind blowing that they were, they're able to do that. I thought that, I thought it was cool. I wish I, I don't know where the article is, but Lego's awesome. If you, if you stumble across it, it's worth a read. One day I want to go to Legoland. Yes. And, I'll, I'll come out. We'll go to Legoland. Let's do it. Sold. Uh, all right. As we move on from playing with uh, little plastic bricks, let's play with some funky shapes on our phone. Dan. Uh, yes, what is, sir. What is your pick this week? Well, my pick is like a pre-pick. It's not actually available yet, um, but I like it. So I'm going to share my screen. It's called Emojily and what the heck? Come on, Skype. Ah, oh, that's so confusing. Skype hides multiple Chrome windows behind one. You have to click into it. Called Emojily. E-M-O-J dot L-I. And the premise of this is it will be an emoji-only social network. So right now you can sign up for your username and it has to consist solely of emojis. Mine, if I can scroll through and find it, my f is the infamous star, 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 star horse from... Ah. I'll leave it to your imagination. <laughs> uh, so I'm Star 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 Horse on Emojily. Uh, they're going to come out with an iOS app soonish, hopefully. I hope it only allows you to send emoji because I think that's the logical evolution of that stupid yo thing and the logical de evolution of Snapchat. So I'm excited. EMOJ.LI. Reserve your username and then send a friend request to Star 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 Horse when they release the app. <laughs> It's kind of the uh, the same idea as uh, Facebook stickers, almost, where you're just communicating in sort of images. Right. But it's cross-platform, potentially. Unicode. That's man. awesome. And they just announced something like 250 new emoji that they just settled a standard on. Yeah, and it's kind of cool because you, you see all these people competing for, like, the best, like, one... Well, the one one emoji username is one way real fast, but they're still in, like, the two emoji username where you're trying to come up with something that's not totally inane but isn't taken and somehow makes sense. It's been fun to watch. Very cool. E-M-O-J-L-I. I'm not sure I'm creative enough for that. I'm thinking really <laughs> hard about, like, to be... Yeah, it takes a lot of thought. you got to let your creative juices flow. Because hmm. that'll be with you for life. Can't change That's that. True. true. Maybe I'll get wasted tonight and see what comes. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right, Colby. Let's talk about your uh, your pick. Um, I don't have a real pick, so I'm gonna fall back to my backup pick, which is Destiny, the game, which I can't stop thinking about because the beta comes out on July 17th, and that's in like 10 days. 10 days. Holy shit. It's almost here. Now, uh, so, uh, yeah. Destiny is one of those uh, shoot 'em up, uh, rock and roll space gun alien games. Yeah, that seems reasonable. <laughs> I don't know. It's supposed to be a big like co-op game, like play online with your friends type of thing. Uh, and, now, uh, I will note that the Destiny beta you announced is for PS3 and PS4 starts on the 17th. If you're an Xbox One user, your beta will begin on the 23rd. There's a, 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 a <laughs> window of exclusivity for PlayStation users. Good call on the PS4, Dan. I did not know this. <laughs> you're that welcome. My, that would have made my decision much less excruciating. I know. <laughs> And, or and one week. That's six days. Not even. And as sad as this to say, that is a limited beta and it closes on the 28th. That's good, because that's only ten days of my life that I'll lose. <laughs> Colby will stumble out of his house when the sun will be bright. He's got a big beard. <laughs> the, 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 the really bad news is that I'm on call that week. Ooh. No, 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 no. That's the good news. 
because it means that you won't have to when your friends like Colby. Why are you just staying inside all day <laughs> near your computer? Like, well, I'm on call. I'm just being responsible. So, so you know, when you go to Facebook and you get a 503 error, Colby's playing <laughs> Destiny. You'll know right away. I blame um, Colby every day, anyway. So. <laughs> Destiny has nothing to do with it. Uh, probably. My- very, very good. Well, gentlemen, excellent show. I thought anyway. Maybe I'm biased because I'm on it, but uh, I thought that was great. We covered a lot of excellent news. I thank all of you out there for joining us. I do want to say, are you guys ready for this? Yes. Our May Madness prizes. Remember we did the May Madness giveaway? Seems like a long time ago because it kind of was. The prizes are here. The boxes are packed and labeled. They are going to go in the mail on Saturday. Wow. So I... I guess we can. I can announce on the air right who our winners are. I guess sure. Most. I think they all know anyway. So I want to congratulate uh, Kaylee McAvoy, Woo! Catherine Adams, Woo! Nancy Miller. Are are our three winners? They are going to get awesome prize packs, which include uh, huh. "Don't Panic" and "Coffee and Beer" posters. We've got magnets and we've got keychains. So you guys are going to get an awesome prize pack, all three of you. Um, and there might be something in the mail for Colby and Dan as well. So, wink. Might be getting some swag as well. Uh, so get excited. We appreciate all you guys for uh, for entering the contest and joining us for, for the big Coffee and Beer launch month. I will tell everybody, you should watch Coffee and Beer, coffeeandbeer.tv. Not only do you get this show, but you get change mode. And guys, we have a big, big episode this week. Fingers crossed. We'll see how tomorrow goes. If Dan yeah. is still breathing... Uh, change mode this week or next week is about Swift, Apple's new programming language, and you guys are building to do apps, correct? That is uh, just one yes. each, but just, yeah. And and who's gonna win? I don't know. Uh, I haven't started yet, so there's that. I think we're all going to lose. Uh, yeah, there are no winners. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What a great plug. Only losers. That's why you should watch. <laughs> You can watch to just be very disappointed in Dan and I. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You guys really make the show sound great. Uh, but if you want information on that show and all of our shows, coffeeandbeer.tv. Uh, and you can also uh, follow both shows on Twitter, where I'm, where we're always updating uh, Don't Panic Show and Change Mode Show, both on Twitter. Uh, this show, don'tpanic.io, is our website. Mondays, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific live every week we appreciate you guys being here uh on behalf of colby and dan i'm sean and we will see you next week on yet another exciting episode of don't panic this show is brewed fresh weekly by the coffee and beer podcast network get all our shows at our website coffeeandbeer.tv 